0: is going on everybody happy football season the week one edition of the nfl flow chart show on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by the sgpn free roll football contest join our free season-long pick for a chance to win three thousand dollars in a super bowl autographed sgp helmet sign up now at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash podcast stoked to be here everybody thanks for joining me on the live stream uh we've got a little bit of a new format here for the flow chart this year uh and uh so i'll spend some time here at the top just kind of breaking it down uh what the plan is for the year and then we'll we'll dive right in uh so you know it's it's going on five years now that i've been uh doing the flow chart, which is kind of kind of crazy uh to see uh and think about uh, it started uh me just kind of rambling on on Twitter with some of this Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, Sean and and Ryan reached out to me and brought me into SGPN and then from there you know the rest is kind of history and uh, it's had a couple different formats throughout the years uh, but we are we are ready to rock this year and and uh, one of the 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 best part about uh, this live show here and and it's going to be turned into a podcast as well for for all the audio listeners who can't make the live show but I think there's going to be a little bit more depth to the content this year, Um, just with the, you know, the live show and being able to kind of chat with people uh, in the chat, answer questions, talk about some alternate views, some alternate routes within the flowchart, and really kind of uh, help. Help fully uh, get the picture of the week, right? And so I think that's kind of the goal for every week is to set up, you know, set up what um, you know the current lens of the fantasy landscape and the DFS landscape on DraftKings is that week. Then we'll go through the cash games flowchart uh, and talk through kind of what are the couple different outcomes that uh, we can see here uh, from the cash games, and then we'll go into the GPPs, into the tournaments um and, and talk through some options there and uh hopefully we'll be we'll be ripping and rolling by the end of it. Uh the goal is every Saturday morning at this time, eight AM. Uh, We'll be doing the flowchart show, eight AM Pacific, eleven AM Eastern. uh, We'll be doing the flowchart show. Should be a pretty tight, twenty to thirty minutes only. I'm hoping. Um, And then after that, the podcast uh, will go live. Uh, the The recording for the podcast will go live, and then the flowcharts will go up on uh, uh, sgp.com. So um, yeah, we will. uh, I I think the best way to follow all this stuff is just uh, follow me on Twitter. John Boy beats. I'll be firing off links to the live stream. I'll be firing off links to the podcast. I'll be firing off links to the article once it's up, everything like that. And so uh, really be able to kind of get get locked in there and follow along. So I think with that, we're just going to dive right in to the cash game flowchart this week. Uh, let me bring this up. So One of the things I think is uh, really important to kind of talk through is playing cash versus playing just GPPs, right? And I didn't start playing cash really heavily until probably two or three years ago. And I've been playing uh, DraftKings going on seven years now, I think. Um, And, you know, one of the struggles that I always had before I played cash was battling with that concept of like, do I play the chocolate? in con in tournaments like i this guy's projecting really well he's probably gonna be high on but shit, he's projecting really well uh and just trying to kind of jam him into tournaments um and so what i found is is you know playing uh cash is really helped me um be way more different and, and way more unique um in the tournament play as well just because you know like okay i know this guy's going to be chalky this week um so i'll, I'll just throw him on my cash lineup i got some exposure there then i can pivot off of him find some leverage stuff like that in the tournament so i i think you know, before we dive into this, and I'm going to walk everybody through it, I know it's, these, these flowcharts can seem a little bit complicated at the beginning. Um, at first glance, it seems like, you know, there's way too much stuff going on, but it's really rather simple, and I'll walk everybody through the columns here. Um, and, and again, w- one of the reasons that I'm really stoked about doing the, um, doing the live stream version of it, because, you know, if you guys have questions, if you want to ask about pivots, if you want to ask about, well, what about this guy instead of this guy, whatever, you know, fire those into the chat, and I'll go through them uh, for sure. But, But, um, you know, week one, I think, is just a really awesome opportunity um, in the DFS landscape. Number one, because we don't know anything. Like, we literally know nothing about anything. We think we know things. uh, And then we see the Chiefs lose to the Lions on Thursday night football. And it's like, okay, yeah, we don't know anything yet about this year. Um, And so if there's... If there's decision points or if there's players that can are, are getting talked about a lot on shows or are, are getting steamed up and, and seem like they're going to run into a lot of ownership, I think this is just the greatest opportunity to pivot off of those um, and to find some leverage elsewhere and to find some low owned plays because more than likely the chalk isn't going to be that great this week. Um, and, uh, you know, because uh, a lot of people have been playing ball all summer. A lot of people have been, you know, really staring at these uh, salaries on DraftKings for the last few weeks. Um, but, you know, getting to uh, the point where you're really locked in, you know what the route trees are going to be, you know, or route shares are going to be, you know, uh, where targets are going to go, stuff like that just isn't really going to happen until the first, uh, first few weeks here. So um, with that being said. I do think that week one is also a really nice opportunity for you to <laughs> Paul saying lions aren't that bad. Six point dog. Not that, not that big of a deal. Uh, you're right. You're right. It isn't. And, uh, but it was it was a great upset to start the season on, on Thursday night football. Uh, so anyways, ju- jumping into basically the week one overall uh, kind of picture, call it the landscape, you know. Salaries are are really soft this week. There's a lot of great value. I I have uh, some sheets uh, that maybe I'll pop up at the end if we're running through questions. But I've got some sheets that I use every week that that throws in projection, throws in ownership, uh, kind of color coordinates things, and basically blue means like it's really good, um, green means it's all right, and then all the other colors mean you know not too good, um, and you know every week there's usually a handful of blues that this week the sheet is just peppered with blue um, and so there's a ton of great options, ton of ways that you can't really go wrong and so you know we'll get into this with the tournaments. but I would say like don't take any don't take too many hard stances this week. I would try to get if you're planning on playing five or ten or or twenty different lineups this week, I would just try to get as many different combinations as possible, get as many different variations as you can, try to attack multiple games uh, don't just get you know uh, hopped up on one game itself. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, it's a really great opportunity. And as we get like, it, if, if we're in week 15 of this year, it, like it, things are a lot more efficient. Salaries are a lot more efficient. Players are a lot more locked into their roles and the, the, the swings of value start getting a, a, a lot smaller. So anyways, uh, that's a long way of saying, let it rip on, on week one and, and really, uh, really kind of get crazy with the combinations, but Let's start with the cash games. Uh, we'll do this every week. We'll start with cash, uh, and then we'll move over to the GPP. So the first column uh, of the flowchart is going to be the cash game locks. Um, now, you know, there there could be some argument here of, like, are these all really truly the locks? Like, are you 100% playing these no matter what in your cash game lineup? And, I mean, part part of the the problem here, or, or no, I won't call it the problem, but part, part of the things that I try to run into here with the flowchart is, being able to have a couple of different options within the flowchart that all really make sense and all uh, equal viable cash lineups, there is kind of a core uh, that you really kind of start out with, um, and and that's basically what this cash game lock is—is is kind of that that core. Maybe I'll maybe I'll change the verbiage to the core. Um, and, and this these these like for this week it's four players. Uh, these are really what help set up the rest of the lineup. So, so for this week, it's, it's two running backs that I think are going to be very heavily owned, uh, in cash. And that's Raheem Mostert with the dolphins, uh, 5,400 and Jamal Williams with the saints, 5,100. Um, we know Jeff Wilson's out for the dolphins. We know Alvin Kamara is out for the saints. Uh, there's also a chance that Kendra Miller is out for the saints as well. So, uh, I just think both of these running backs are going to get a lot of opportunity. The real only, um, uh, competition for Mostert is uh devanation um who's a rookie uh and has had you know a little bit of an up and down preseason and then savin ahmed who you know had actually a pretty good preseason but has never really been a true you know uh reliable nfl player so uh i, I really think these guys are locked in for some pretty good volume and at the low low 5000 range of salary um they're going to be in a lot of cash lineup, So I think you want to have them there. Uh, and then Justin Jefferson, 8,800. Um, he's just a priority for me uh, in this um, Minnesota, Tampa Bay game this week. Uh, you can easily get to this. We'll, we'll see at the end, how we're going to fit a lot of stud wide receivers in this week. Um, but, uh, I just think anytime you can get the best receiver in the league, um, healthy and in an environment that I think has a sneaky chance to be a shootout, uh, maybe previewing the GPP flowchart a little bit there. But uh, you got to kind of plug in J. Jeff um, and then we'll kind of figure out the rest from there. And then defense wise, the commanders, you know, everybody knows the uh, Cardinals are going to be uh, one of the worst teams in the league this year. You could argue they've already started tanking for Caleb Williams. So. Uh, loading up the commander's defense against the Cardinals at 2,800 is going to be the most popular defense this week. No, uh, no questions about it. Uh, I would probably say that they're a pretty easy fade in tournaments. And then I would say like, you almost have to hundred percent lock them in in cash. And, you know, that, that may be a little bit of a controversial topic and something that people uh, ask questions about is like, why, you know, defense is such a hard position to um, project, right? It's such a, so, so volatile. There's so many different swings and things that happen that make the defenses different every week. And and the commanders could easily dud out and score four points uh, while the Raiders or somebody right around them scores eight or nine or 10 points. And I think the, the, the genesis of why you play the commanders in cash this week is like, there's an opportunity that they're 70, 80% owned. And so- You almost just kind of want to follow the crowd there because if they do have a pick six and they do score twelve points or whatever, and your the defense that you picked scores four or something, then you're just like having a really bad day. You you ruined your weekend just because you try to get different at a defense. If they dud out and they only score four points. But 80% of the field in your cash games where you're only trying to beat 50% of the field, 80% of the field have the commanders, then you're not dead. It doesn't matter at all. They score four points, so does 80% of your of your, your playing partners, and uh, you're still alive because you're hoping the rest of your lineup uh, can beat half of the field. So uh, no problem at all playing the chalky commanders, defense, cash. I would always recommend uh, if there's a defense like this that really stands out from an ownership standpoint, you got to follow the pack there on defense. Uh, okay. So now the fun part of the flow chart begins. Uh, we get to choose our kind of path here for quarterback. Um, and I think the two quarterbacks that really help uh, the flowchart come together this week is the high end Jalen hurts uh, at 7,800. And then the low end Anthony Richardson at 5,600. Um, and I think both of these guys are projecting very well. Uh, um, both of them are, um, you know, gonna be running the ball a lot. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts is a, is a lot more of a um, sure thing when it comes to passing than Anthony Richardson. You know, a lot of people are expecting A-Rich to have a rocky rookie season. Um, and Paul in the chat is saying, I know you're all on the A-Rich train, but man, I'm scared of that O-line and no RB threat. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Paul. And and, and uh, again, I've and Richardson's my highest known player in best ball. I've got over 20% of them on my teams. Um, but the thesis of that play was, hey, he was a 10th, 11th round pick. Uh, he probably has top five QB upside, top seven QB upside if if things go right, uh, just due to his running ability. And so if he starts figuring things out at the end of the, end of the year and he's able to jump into Um, that higher tier of QB play, then you're kind of cooking with gas in best ball. From a cash game standpoint, I am pretty nervous about playing him this week um, just because of all of the, um, you know, rhetoric out there about how he's inaccurate, how his O-line sketchy, stuff like that. And so um, it is definitely an important decision point to make, but also his running ability and his legs give him that nice floor um, that we really like to see what the cash game quarterbacks, I'm just not sure the ceiling is really there. And I think shooting for ceiling is something that's a little bit of a, um, uh, untalked about thing in cash, but you do need to kind of keep the ceiling uh, open in your mind. You got to kind of be thinking about the ceiling outcomes, uh, because that extra ceiling boost, that extra, whatever may push you from 60th percentile up to the 40th percentile and over the cash line. Right. So, um, so, yeah, those are kind of the two decision points, Jalen Hurts and Anthony Richardson. Obviously, the 2200 bucks between the two of them is going to be pretty important. Um, and we'll talk about that in the last column for the stud wide receivers. Uh, so once you pick your quarterback path, then you can basically um, pick what you want to do with uh the $3,000 window. So there's three wide receivers I think that really stand out this week at 3k um and I believe almost everybody is going to have a $3,000 wide receiver and then there is uh, a couple really good cheap tight end options as well um so let's start with the receivers first you've got Marvin Mims um who's a really great value at 3,000 on the Broncos um things are trending like there should be no Jerry Judy um and so it should just be Marvin Mims and Cortland Sutton, and he should be on the field quite a bit. Um, obviously, we'll have to keep our eyes on whether Judy is truly inactive or not. I don't think that's officially come out. Next up at 3,000 is Jaden Reed. Um, and so this is a guy, rookie for the Packers. Mims is rookie as well. Uh, rookie for the Packers, Jaden Reed. Uh, obviously, we've already got Christian Watson ruled out. So you would expect Jaden Reed uh, to be in the, the second wide receiver behind Romeo Dubs this week. Uh, running pretty much every route for the Packers. So that's a great value of 3000 And then, of course, we've got Tutu Atwell as well, who at $3,000 is seeing a great value due to no Cooper Cup this week. So really, really big trend with all three of these receivers, right? Um, men priced and opportunity has opened up because – the called the stud receivers on their teams are all out this week. Uh, So Tutu Atwell is again, $3,000 between Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell and Tyler Higbee. That should kind of be the main core there uh, for the Rams. Uh, I am probably going to be picking between Mims and Reed uh, mainly because I think Tutu Atwell, there's another, uh, there's a rookie on the Rams, Puka Nakua. I think I'm saying his name, right? that, Uh, could be challenging Tutu for that wide receiver two spot, and it could happen as early as this week. He's been getting a lot of good um, reviews out of camp, and so uh, I think just that extra little risk, plus the fact that Tutu's only 115 pounds or whatever he is, uh, just kind of makes me get off of Tutu, but he is projecting well. He is a good option, um, and you won't uh, look stupid for playing him if that's kind of the lean you want to go to, so I'm most likely picking between Mims and Reed this week. Um, and I think part of that actually has to do with what I'm going to end up doing at um, tight end. Uh, so Isaiah likely uh, is $3,000 at tight end. Um, and he is going to be the best projected tight end if Mark Andrews is ruled out. Um, so obviously big caveat there. Andrews has kind of been questionable, missing practice this week, stuff like that. Um, and so if Andrews is ruled out then likely becomes a really really good strong tight end play here in week 1 at $3000. The other option i have on here is Luke Musgrave for the Packers at 2900. He's also a rookie um but you know there's the 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 Packers just have not been running a very deep rotation of pass catchers throughout all of the preseason series that Jordan Love played in. It's all. It was pretty much exclusively Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed, and Luke Musgrave running all of the routes when Jordan Love was playing in the preseason. And so I think that's really going to translate here to the regular season. And Musgrave just going to be on the field a ton. And you take away Christian Watson from that pairing, and he's just going to get. He's just going to get some volume. He's going to get some passes. He's going to get some work. Um, and at twenty nine hundred, that's really all you want from a tight end. You want him to be on the field a lot, and you want him to get some action. And I think they're going to pamper the rookie a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of the 3k window there. Um, both, you know, every combination here kind of works with the previous two paths. So you can fit in, you know, if you go Richardson, you can go likely or Musgrave and one of these receivers, obviously, because, you know, the pricing's all pretty similar. I think the one thing to think about is, um, you know, whether you want to make the decision of having two Packers in your lineup, right, if you end up going Reed and Musgrave, that may be something that um potentially leans you away. But I think if likely does pop up as a great tight end value, then uh, pretty easy to just go one Packer there um, and go likely and read or, you know, go Mims and Musgrave, stuff like that. Uh Joe, Joe brings up a really good point. Great thing about all the three, three K receivers is they all play in the late games. So you can wait on news on all of them and or pivot. Yeah. And, and this is a really important thing to think of. Right. So um. I, I gotta check. Let me check real quick if if uh, I, I'm not super locked in yet on on game times this week. Let me see. Okay, so Philly also plays in the late game, um, and Indy plays in the early game, right? So, so here's a great example of like why you would maybe want to swap um, coming into the late game. So, let's say when things are all said and done, projections are showing you know Mims is going to be like double the ownership of Jaden Reed, right? And you decide you want to take the Anthony Richardson path. Now, uh, so if you take the Anthony Richardson pass, path, then you're going to be loaded up with receiver um, at the receiver spot um, with uh, Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. So I'm kind of jumping the gun here, uh, but that's what you're going to end up with. Uh, and I'm just checking to see Tyreek. Plays in the afternoon, right? So, so if Anthony Richardson puts up like I don't know, twelve points or something like that, and you know that there's like a ton of Jalen Hurts uh, teams that you're going to be up against that probably have Marvin Mims, well, maybe there's a position that you pivot from Mims to Jaden Reed or even down to Tutu Atwell, right? And you just hope that that three K receiver outscores the other three K, and that's enough to move your kind of potentially dead Richardson lineup up above the cash line um in the afternoon so you know you kind of kind of important to kind of think through some of these things um in the afternoon window you know if if you know the big decision point of the week is Richardson versus Hertz and Richardson kind of duds out in the morning uh while Hertz is probably you know I mean obviously there's a chance that he duds out but y- you we expect the floor for Hertz to be a lot higher than we do for Richardson so if Richardson does dud out then I think it's worth trying to think through like potentially putting a 2 at well in there potentially doing a, a fading um, or, or playing Jaden Reed uh, to get some extra leverage um, in, in the afternoon. So anyways, uh, so, so that's that. And then getting into the last column here for the stud wide receivers. So if you go the Anthony Richardson route, right, we talked about we saved uh, 2000, uh, about 2200 bucks at the beginning picking him over Hertz. Then you can fit both Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase into your lineup, uh, which is pretty freaking awesome if you think about it, right? if you told me uh, (laughs) at the end of best ball season here that I could have basically the first three picks in every single best ball draft, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Jamar chase in my week one cash game lineup. I'd probably be taking that uh, happily and running with it. Right. So uh, that is, that is definitely the uh, big uh, plus of picking Anthony Richardson is you can fit in all three of the stud wide receivers. And so again, talking through that decision point, right. Um, yeah, it, or, or maybe here I'll, I'll jump through Hertz first and then we can talk through what the decision point really means again. So if you go Jalen uh then we've got to kind of figure out uh, how to save 2200 bucks. And my preferred option this week is Kenneth Walker uh, on the Seahawks. And I know uh, people are a little bit nervous about him. He showed up on the uh, injury report uh, yesterday, but from everything I've seen, uh, sorry, he didn't, he wasn't on the injury report, but he was, he did have a limited practice or maybe he didn't practice one of those things. Um, and so I, I think that's just a maintenance day. He had some uh, issues over summer, uh, but he didn't show up on the final injury report. I believe uh, again, not, not fully locked into every single thing here in week one, but I think that was the final outcome, not in the injury report, just practiced. Um, So I think, I think all systems are go there and we think the Rams are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. So I think he's a pretty good cash game option. Um, and you know, the floors on these running backs are, are usually pretty safe for cash, right? Um, versus some of the receivers. Now you could argue Tyree Kill, Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson have pretty safe floors as well, but generally speaking, running back floors are uh, a little bit more safe than wide receiver. And then depending on whether you chose likely or Musgrave, which is a hundred dollar difference, then you just fit in Hill or chase, which is also a hundred dollar difference, um, uh, into that, uh, last final roster spot. So Uh, that's kind of how everything comes together in the flow chart. Again, if you want to basically, we can basically kind of talk through the, the, what the option is, right. What the, the call it the two V two is really right. So it's going to be Anthony Richardson and, you know, Hill or chase, whichever one you don't have in your Hertz lineup. So for purposes of this, let's say it's Anthony Richardson and Tyreek Hill versus Jalen Hurts and Kenneth Walker, right? That's kind of the the 2v2, assuming you have Jamar Chase in both lineups. Um and so Anthony Richardson plus Hill, Hurts plus Walker. Do you think that if Richardson duds out, Hill can outscore Walker by enough and and keep pace with Hurts outscoring Richardson? That is basically the decision point that we have to make this week. Um, so I think that is a pretty good summary of cash. Um, again, there's a lot of things that change this week. Hopefully there's not as many things that change. Um, but sometimes there are things that change. There is last minute news. There are random people getting ruled out that really, uh, make, um, you know, certain guys pop on Sunday morning. And so for that, I would, I would just, you know, say, give me a follow on Twitter. I always shoot an update out to this. I'll always like, quote tweet it or retweet it or say, hey, everybody, X, Y, and Z is now like a lock. Make sure to get him in, pivot this around or move some things around or whatever, right? I'll, I'll try to do that for both. I always do that for the cash. And then when there's different things that go on uh, in the GPP, I, I also do that as well. Uh, so, okay. So we got a pretty good landscape, uh, pretty good uh, you know, understanding of the um, cash game lineup here. And now I will share the uh, GPP flowchart for everybody. Uh, And I think this is a good time to drop in uh, our uh, sponsorship ad here. So uh, NFL is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everybody up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Uh, download now and use code SGP to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code SGP only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific response to gambling resources. Bonus bits expire seven days after issuance. All right. There we go. So now let's jump into the GPP tournament. Um, So, again, before we dive in here, let's uh, talk through the landscape a little bit this week. And uh, really, there's one game that is majorly popping off. And I think that's going to be the Miami uh, Dolphins and the Chargers game. Uh, It's got the highest total on the slate by quite a bit. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of ownership and a lot of people um, congregating around that game. So um, the way that I build out the flow chart is I typically always try to have a double stack, uh, which would be a quarterback and two pass catchers. Uh, And then we're always going to want to bring it back with a uh pass catcher running back tight end really anybody from the opposite team in that game and really the idea there is you get four players out of your nine from one game and you hope that that game environment really goes off right because if there's a high scoring game i think a famous example of this is right ravens and dolphins last year in week 2 or 3 where you know it was like 45 to 41 or whatever and and um you know All the Ravens, all the Dolphins just went off. And that's like who you needed to win tournaments that week. Um, And so we're just basically making a bet that a game is a shootout. It drags all the players with them. And you're really kind of condensing the things that you need to get right. Right. Because if you if you create a team with nine different players in one of these tournaments where you need to get to the top, where you need to finish first. That's basically a nine-leg parlay, right? Which could work, right? In theory, that could work. You could get, you could nail the highest scoring player on every team and that could really bubble up to a, to a great uh, win. However, it's a lot easier to make like a six leg parlay and eliminate like four of those guys or, or whatever, um, have that all be one of the bets and then, and then just tack on the other five or six leg parlay at the end um, and hope that that uh, bubbles you up to the top. So so anyways that's kind of the concept behind the double stack and the bring back really focusing on what game hoping it's a shootout and then another thing which we'll talk to in column three here is the secondary stack so i i, I oftentimes like tossing in a secondary stack as well um which would just be two players uh from one game right and, and no no quarterback obviously in that um in that scenario so starting off uh, i really think that this vikings bucks game has some sneaky potential this week i don't think the vikings defense is very good um and i just don't think the bucks are very good at all but we've seen that baker can let it rip we've seen that uh he's got some weapons we know he's got mike evans and chris godwin uh both healthy here at the beginning of the season um and so if there's a shot that they go off i feel like this is one of the better opportunities good as ever and i also kind of like Tampa Bay as a sneaky underdog money line pick to upset, uh, the Vikings here. So if Tampa Bay is doing some scoring, then obviously that's pushing the Vikings as well. And I think this game could be a little bit of a shootout. So, uh, we're going to start with, uh, Kirk cousins plus Justin Jefferson. Uh, and that's going to kind of be in every one of your flow chart lamps. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe it's a good s- spot for me to talk about how the flow chart works. So, so basically, as you kind of go through the flowchart, I'll, I'll we'll walk it through for everybody. Walk it through for the audio listeners. Uh, obviously, make sure to check out the actual flowchart itself on uh, when I uh, post it on Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, but you know, the, the idea is you're able to build, you know, 5, 10, 20 different lineups uh with it. And they're all going to be correlated well. They're all going to be, you know, have some, maybe some decent leverage spots. um, And generally speaking, going to be well-built lineups, right? And so that's the idea is, you know, you can just build one with it. You can build, you know, you can enter the three max tournaments with it. You could enter the 20 max. I'm sure there's ways that you could get over 20 um teams, but um, more than likely in the 10 to 20 range is kind of, uh, how this thing's going to work and 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 some of the different options that you can make with it. So Kirk and J. Jeff, to start it off, uh, those are going to be kind of locked into every lineup for me. And then you're going to choose one of T.J. Hawkinson at tight end or Jordan Addison at wide receiver. Uh, the difference between the pricing there is about 800 bucks. Uh, so that'll be important to kind of factor in later. Um, so yeah, so that's your double stack Vikings double stack. And then we're going to bring it back with either Chris Godwin at 5,900 on the bucks or Mike Evans at 6,300 on the bucks. And so, um, the way I've set up the flowchart is Chris Godwin, the cheaper guy is paired with TJ Hawkinson, the more expensive Viking, uh, and then vice versa for Addison and Mike Evans, uh, pairing those guys up. So helps offset some of that $800 difference. Um, and now we're looking at basically a $400 difference, uh, as we go down these paths and, And and this stuff doesn't really matter that much, guys. But for for a sense of how I build this flowchart out and how I try to make as many options as possible, it's you know that's kind of some of the considerations I have to try to make sure each each path is staying roughly on the same, um, you know, roughly in the same salary range. But of course, like you can obviously pair you don't have to just pair TJ Hawkinson with Chris Godwin. Like if you're going to be making 15 or 20 lineups, obviously pair some Hawkinson with Mike Evans and then just kind of uh, tinker a little bit at the end here. Um, So, uh, so, so yeah, that's the bring back options. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I think those are two uh, really great options of the Bucks. should be a pretty condensed um, uh, receiver uh, tree on Tampa Bay. And then I've got two running backs here that you can uh, pick from that. I want to just get in, get a, um, running back into uh the lineup now and so i've got brian robinson on the commanders and i've got uh, miles sanders on the panthers uh and i think these are actually a couple pretty good leverage uh spots right out of the gate here uh so brian robinson is 5100 which is the same as jamal williams uh, who we just talked about in the cash game flowchart, which I think a lot of people will be playing Jamal Williams. Um, and so same price point, half the ownership, pretty much uh, half the ownership or less maybe, um, and pretty much the same projection, same ceiling, stuff like that from Brian Robinson. Um, so I think that's a pretty good bet. Um, Samaj P. Ryan is also in this range uh, at 5,100 and is a pretty similar play um, uh, to, to these guys. And then, uh same kind of thing for Miles Sanders right so Raheem Mostert um we we talked about in the cash game flowchart he's going to be the popular guy at 5400 um and Miles Sanders uh has a little bit better of a ceiling outcome this week i think uh and really similar um you know re- really similar uh build to Raheem Mostert from a projection standpoint so so just kind of thinking through those two running backs right there and how they provide a little bit of leverage, a little bit of leverage on the field, a little bit of pivots, right? If if you think like, okay, people are going to build this lineup out and then instead of Brian Robinson, they're going to put Jamal Williams in. Okay, cool. So if you you know pick Brian Robinson instead of Williams, then you just differentiate yourself a little bit from the field and you gain some leverage to try to get to the top. So that's kind of the thinking there between those two guys. Um, but there's actually a decent amount of options in the – low low to mid five thousand range this week for running back um and then uh so so that's the bring back in the running back column then we're going to move over to the secondary game stack i don't always work in a secondary game stack um and you could actually make an argument that week one is probably um the week where you need to lean on correlation the least right and because of all the different value all the different um uh you know options out there that are projecting really well um is you know you don't really need to have correlation to be that thing that's the cherry on top that pushes you up to the top most likely uh but it is a fun way to build it is a fun way to kind of attack some game environments um and so that's that's where we're going this week so if you went the tight end route with hawkinson uh then we're going to be able to fit in raheem mostert and mike williams uh as a secondary game stack. So we'll get the second running back. We'll eat a little bit of chalk there um, with Mostert, and and we'll get uh, Mike Williams in there at 5,700. Uh, I just don't really think Mike Williams should be that much lower than Keenan Allen this week, and I think he's like 1,500 bucks lower. Uh, he was – I just – you know, if, if they put Williams in with the big slot and this new Kellen Moore offense, I think that's going to be a, a pretty fun, fun matchup for him. Um, so I really like that option here. Um, and then again, it's it's really good leverage, right? So you got Brian Robinson and Raheem Mostert, uh, 5,400, 5,100. A lot of lineups, like we just talked about in cash, are going to have Raheem Mostert and Jamal Williams. So simply pivoting to Brian Robinson at the same price point as Williams uh, is a really great uh, great spot there. Um, and then if you went the wide receiver route with Jordan Addison, then we need to get a tight end of the picture. So I've got two different options here. The first one is the Cincinnati... Uh, and Cleveland game. Uh, So Joe Mixon and David Njoku uh, to fit in the tight end spot. Joe Mixon 6,800, David Njoku 4,200. And then the other option is Kenneth Walker uh, and Tyler Higby. Kenneth Walker 6,000 for the Seahawks, Tyler Higby 4,800 for the Rams. Now I think the Kenneth Walker and the Tyler Higby is probably going to be one of the more popular pairings this week. Both of those guys should be Pretty well owned. Same with Mostert. Uh, Mostert should be well on Mike Williams, not so much. Uh, and then I think it and Njoku kind of will be mid tier here. um Nothing too crazy. But as we kind of think through this column here, the secondary stack column, and we think through the last column, which typically is just kind of like a fill in the gap with the last player, that's where it's important to think through like, okay, what if I built to date on the flow chart, right? I've picked a couple. Chalky guys, or I picked a couple popular guys. So this last one, I'm gonna need to play a guy that's a little bit lower on. Versus if you've if you've kind of strung out some leverage spots between, then you can fit maybe a more popular guy in at the end um with the with with the last pick. And so it's just important to kind of realize where we're at uh, within the flow chart here and how you're building that specific lineup. Um I will make a couple points here. Um it isn't too hard to if you, if you did go the TJ Hawkinson route, you aren't totally, um you, you know, you aren't totally constricted to just Dolphins and Chargers. Uh, you could play Van Jefferson instead of Tyler Higbee and get Kenneth Walker and Van Jefferson there. That's only a $100 difference. Um, not as clean in the Cincinnati and Cleveland game, um, but one of the pivots that you can also make if you're fitting in the Cincinnati and Cleveland stack is Joe Mixon and T. Higgins are the same price this week at 6,800. Uh, so plenty of options there. Um, and you can, you know, again, if you're making 20 lineups, you probably want to swap out a mix in for T Higgins in there. Um, and just make sure you cover your running back in the last column here. Uh, so anyways, a lot of different options, a lot of different ways to get some good correlation. Um, and basically what you're going to be left with, um, in the last column is about four to $5,000 worth of salary, depending what path you took and stuff like that. Um, I should mention, I threw some defensive options here in the middle uh, of the second column. Usually, I don't really highlight defense too much. Um, I do make sure that it's factored into the pricing and into the way that the flowchart works. Uh, but basically, I think there's just a ton of viable defenses this week. And I am usually a scroll down guy at defense and I just take somebody near the bottom of the barrel, Um, especially in this week, which when, again, we just don't know anything. We don't know what's going on. Um, I would definitely fade the commanders in GPPs. I would not play them uh, because they're going to be they're probably going to be three to four times the field in the million maker, uh, which just doesn't make a whole lot of sense in, in uh you know, at a position that's really, really volatile. So uh, there's a ton of great options uh, below 2600 this week. And I included some on the on the flow chart here, Houston uh, Raiders, Cardinals, Panthers, Titans again, any of these teams could probably just win outright and and uh, it wouldn't be the craziest thing that happens in week one. So um, targeting some of the bottom barrel defenses, I think is totally fine. And so anyways, that kind of factors into that final piece I was talking about where you'll have between four and $5,000 left. And so then you kind of decide based on what your lineup's telling you from a running back receiver flex standpoint, what you need to fit in here. So I included Two different running back options, uh, Samaj Pirang at 5100 and Deion Jackson at 4100. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the top and bottom of the, the spread there. Um, Pirine, I think, is again a, a great option this week and um, is a good uh, leverage point off of Jamal Williams. And then Deion Jackson is pretty much min priced and he should get a lot of action uh, with the Colts this week. We'll have to see how. Everything shakes out with Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and Evan Hull. Uh, it could be a pretty interesting backfield. They, they could actually be a pretty split backfield. And so uh, that's why I, I uh, prefer Deion Jackson in tournaments versus uh Because I think um, there's some people wanting to take the savings with Deion Jackson at 4100 in cash. But I think it's just a little bit too volatile. Um, but I do think if there is some points to be had and there is some... Um, you know, some pass catching that's going to happen. I think Deion Jackson would be the big beneficiary there uh, with Anthony Richardson. And then in the receiver tree, I've got four different options here uh, to fill in that last spot. So starting at the top is Jahan Dotson at 5,000 for the Commanders. Then we got Van Jefferson, 4,700 for the Rams. Zay Jones, uh, 4,500 for the Jags. And Zay Flowers, 4,000 for the Ravens. I don't think any of these guys are going to catch too much ownership Um, This week, they all should be pretty, uh, pretty low owned. And so that's a good I think that's a great option uh, to try to fit in uh, in your, you know, the end of the lineup there uh, and really uh, kind of tie things together. Uh, I think all these guys have had big games in the past um zay flowers is a rookie obviously but he's you know been blowing up in camp and i think he could uh really come out of the gates firing here for the ravens especially if mark andrews is ruled out that would be a big bump uh in zay flowers uh you know uh in his position so so yeah that kind of rounds it up um i think you know we've got um again at the end you'll you'll As you make lineups for the first three columns, you will have anywhere between four and 5,000 bucks left. And so just, you know, firing uh, the way that I do it, right. Is I kind of build through the first three columns and then I fit a guy in. And then I, you know, swap, I go back to the third column, swap two guys in for the other two, see what that leaves me in the last column. Boom. There's another lineup. Um, And it's, it it looks like a lot on paper. It looks like, Holy crap. This is really, um, you know, this is hard to figure out. Like there's a lot going on, but I'm hoping through kind of the, um, the discussion every week, walking everybody through my thought process, um, and then uh, basically, you know, getting, you know, getting as many different combinations in as you can should uh, really help things up. So. I think we'll kind of wrap it up there Cole um asked a quick question here how much salary are you comfortable leaving on the table for GPPs um and I think the answer to this is not that much really I I I think one or 200 bucks is really about the max that I'll go with um try to land at as close to fifty thousand dollars as possible um there's been some good articles by establish the run Uh, for the last few years they have a free one up right now that says you know how to basically how to win the millie maker right and um typically there's only about a 100 or 200 dollars left on the table for like the top one percent of lineups that land in the millie maker so definitely try to maximize um, your salary every week especially on a week like this week where there's so much salary value uh you can really go up a couple hundred bucks go down a couple hundred bucks and still find some pretty good value. So I think that's uh I think that'll wrap it up. I appreciate everybody tuning in on the live stream. A lot of fun uh definitely want to we'll we'll keep this going every Saturday. Um we'll you know hopefully as we get through the season we can kind of talk through some more different game theory aspects, some more different strategy specific items when it comes to DFS. I don't want this just to be kind of like a picks show, just to be like a hey, play these guys. I want to also talk through some of the the strategy, some of the concepts, some of the leverage spots, things like that. Um, uh, that that can help us kind of build and, and be successful DFS players. But uh, appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we'll wrap it there. We'll good luck in week one, and hope to see you all at the top of the leaderboards.